Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And we also are now joined with the man with a plan NBA insider himself, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. You see him all over the social media headlines, the airwaves, providing top quality, top top rated content, my man. Scoop B, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. How are you? What's going on? We are good, man. We are good. So... I'm gonna let my my co-host bat lead off as I know he's got a couple questions, so he's gonna start with the first question that he's gonna provide for us today towards you. Well, Scoop, I know from following along with you on Twitter that you cover basketball in a broad sense, and you're kind of a fly on the wall all over the place. So I guess I'm gonna ask a broad question to begin with, and you can kind of take it where you want to go. It's midseason. We just kind of started the second half of the basketball season this last weekend. Give me some of your grades for the top teams that are in contention to win a championship. So we're not going to focus on the teams that don't have a chance here or that probably don't have a chance. Let's talk about the top three or four teams on each side of the East and West. We'll, you know, I'll throw them out there. Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, you know, Nuggets and Clippers, and we'll throw Celtics in there, too. How do you feel like they're doing, and what do you think they need to do to improve? As you mentioned the Bucs, um, you know, you, you still have to put the Sixers in there. You know, many people have, have, um, have, have at the beginning of the season, thought that the Sixers would be that team that, you know, could make it in the NBA's Eastern Conference, and then no one came to the Milwaukee Bucks. So I thought with the Sixers. The Sixers, um, to me, um, Going into the All Star break, um, you know they they hit some strides. They played Memphis, they beat Memphis, they played Chicago, they beat Chicago, and I said, okay, that's cool. But then that Tuesday they played the Clippers and beat them, you know. But then you look at the Clippers' schedule and they were on that East Coast swing. So um, you know Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard, and you know he has supporting cast of Paul George and Montrez Harrell and uh, Lou Williams and 
you know, all those guys. And I, I think that um, the NBA's regular season is, is just very different this year as opposed to you know, the last few years where, you know, you just assume it'd be Golden State or, or Cleveland or anybody named LeBron. And, you know, the, the, the Eastern Conference is wide open. You know, the NBA champs are still, or the NBA Eastern Conference and NBA champs are still the Toronto Raptors. And, uh, you know, the Raptors are still playing well. But, um, you know, directly discuss, you know, the Sixers. And I think the Sixers are still missing a veteran class. Um, you know, you added Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burke at the trade deadline. And, you know, I, I talked to Glenn Robinson the third a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he said to me that, uh, his, his time in Golden State, he really learned some tricks of the trade being around guys like, uh, Draymond Green, former Warriors, our teammate. And, you know, just what that, that, that organization was all about. And so I think, you know, going into the playoffs, um, I, I think he's going to be that spark, uh, that, 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 the Sixers really, really needed. And, you know, I, I sat back and watched the Sixers and recently, and, you know, I, I, I like, uh, Hulkha Cormac and what he can do, but, you know, he's hit Grizzlies and the, and the, and the, and the Bulls. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Sixers, um, defensively, you know, can help. So you, you look at, um, the fact that they lost Jimmy Butler and they lost JJ Raddick. Think it'd be a long cause. They basically signed Tobias Harris uh, over Jimmy Butler and um, you know JJ Reddick in theory, but not really. I, I think you know Tobias is the is the solid local leader of that team, and you know many people you know wonder if you know Ben Simmons and 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 and, and uh, Joel and B can do it by themselves. But I think uh, it, it takes five on a basketball court. I think Philly's competitive, but I think ultimately um, the Eastern Conference is, is Milwaukee's potentially win um, from top to bottom defensively. How uh, the Bucks are, are doing their thing. I think one of the smartest moves that they made in the offseason uh, was signing Robin Lopez, uh, brother of Brook Lopez, twin brother of Brook Lopez, defensively. You lose Michael Brown, and you know you bring in Brook Lopez. Robin Lopez, uh, who I think that, that improved their security. He said, uh, Robert Lopez is a who he is, and, you know, could potentially win the MVP again this season. But, you know, Yannis really impressed me, um, in that game against the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, when he hit six three corners, I believe, that was in December. Um, and, you know, I, I think if they continue to go on this track, uh, I think that they could potentially, uh, win the whole thing. It's, it's if LA and LA, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers have, don't have anything to say about it, but you know, you guys are, are Canadian, so I gotta, I gotta shout out the, the Canadians, eh? Uh, the Toronto Raptors are still the Eastern Conference champions, and you know, Kyle Lowry and, uh, Siakam, uh, are, are, as, uh, as the wrestler Shawn Michaels in the WWE would say, making sweet chin music. They're definitely, uh, playing good basketball, inspired basketball. When I watch Pascal Siakam, he genuinely reminds me of Scotty Pippen uh, the year, um, the season after Michael Jordan retired the first time in Chicago. Um, just taking over, doing what he needs to do. But um, I, I like the NBA's Eastern Conference. So that's the Eastern Conference there. Uh, one team that's a surprise to many people that I think will continue to make some noise going to the playoffs is the, the Indiana Pacers. You know, I ran into Miles uh, Matt. Um, not Miles Matt, Miles Turner, excuse me. Um, couple days ago and you know he said to me um we're surprising a lot of people and we want to keep it that way because everybody's paying attention to the Raptors everybody's paying attention to the Sixers everybody's paying attention to the Bucks 
Um, the Pacers are a team, you know, with a healthy picture of Oladipo, who, who are quietly um, sweet criminals in the NBA Eastern Conference. So those are the teams that I'm looking at right now. Going real quick, as far as West, are you saying it's pretty much Lakers and Clippers versus the field, or is there any dark horses over there too? Um, I mean, I do like the Denver Nuggets. You know, you, you look at Nikola Jokic and you look at just quietly those the moves that they've made, um, even at the trade deadline, and even you know just you know I think a lot of times people do pay attention to the Lakers and the Clippers because they're LA, and you know I don't, I don't think that Denver always gets the fair shake. Uh, who pretty much been a consistent two seed. I think the world began to kind of uh, understand um, what the, the Denver Nuggets were capable of when they watched the NBA playoffs last season. And, 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 the, and the Denver Nuggets uh, are definitely a team that's a set up with Fallon and Sasson. Um, and so, I, you know, I think um, Malone uh, has, a, has, a, has a fine tooth engine that, 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 that's being consistent. I think that everybody's paying attention to the Lakers because it's LeBron and Anthony Davis and and. You know, there's this allure of well, Kuzma be the third option, but I think when you look at the, the Western Conference with Denver, I like what they bring to the table. I don't think Denver can be overlooked at all. So, Scoop, Good call. you talk about, I heard you mention about Canada, the Raptors, Pascal Siakam. We have another young rising star that I feel like in the league not a lot of people are giving a lot of credit to. He plays for the Celtics, Jason Tatum. I know this is kind of like a, a future question, but I know that some of you as an insider, you have the ability to really answer this question. I know you're going you're gonna to power it home the way it needs to. Jason Tatum's stock level, well, as far as when it comes to MVP worthy, could we see that happen within the next two to three years just by the efficient ability of how he's playing right now? Yeah, I think Jason Tatum is playing good basketball. He played well against the Lakers the other night, and... Um, Uh, 
Tucker, you have another question here. Well, I'm with you on Tatum, and even though I'm a diehard Lakers fan, watching that game yesterday, it was impossible not to see how transcendent he was. And he's a St. Louis guy, and I'm from St. Louis, so got to give my love to STL for turning out yet another great basketball product. Uh, Scoop, I'll, I'll go to my next question. Lakers, we're out here in L.A. This is a big day for us because of the Kobe Bryant memorial service and whatnot. But Lakers as a team... I'm going to do a follow-up. I know you're, uh, you're, you're, you're at least an admirer of theirs. You don't seem to be hypercritical like a lot of the media is of the Lakers. Do you feel they have what it takes right now to win the championship, not just in theory, but you know, realistically win the championship, or do they still need to make more moves? I know they just signed Markeith Morris yesterday. I know I've seen you talking about potential signings of J.R. Smith possibly Jamal Crawford, do they need to make more moves or could they win today with what they've got on paper? I think the Los Angeles Lakers could win with what they have on paper, but I think the issue is the playoffs hasn't started yet, and I think the Lakers are still going to be home. Uh, this report last month that the Lakers uh, did have a, had a workout plan with J.R. Smith. Uh, we put that on the 25th of January, the 26th of January, Kobe Bryant died. Um, and the Lakers have kind of um, maybe about a week and a half, two weeks behind on uh, their scheduling of different things just because of the magnitude of the icon that Kobe Bryant is. But, um, you know, J.R. Smith did have to work out with the Lakers, and uh, from all indications and things that I've heard, um, he impressed. Um, you know, but I think it comes down to, to faith. Uh, you mentioned Jamal Crawford. I, I'm here with you that. Um, there are people within the Lakers coaching staff that do want to be more corporate on that team. Um, they have spoken to front office, and, you know, I think the issue is, you know, Darren Collison was their first choice. Darren Collison decided to remain tired, but then it, it was not a chance to man. You know, Darren Collison wasn't coming, so then what? And yeah, Smith, who we had already had a workout plan, he, he worked out. And, you know, um, in order for uh, the Los Angeles Lakers to make room for Marquise Morris, they just had yesterday. Um, they had to wait the Marcus Cousins, and the way that it's set up is the Marcus Cousins, who has been out and, went and likely would not have been playing uh, during the season, it's likely he'd be, he'd be part for the playoffs. Um, and the Lakers can really do that. They needed somebody right away. So, you know, Marquise Morris was signed, and they cut, you know, DeMarcus in order to make room for that. Um, the Lakers, I talked to Troy Daniels the other day, and you know, I asked him if that was something. If the Lakers had to cut him, would that bother him? And, you know, he said it would. You know, he's been on many different teams. And, you know, he, he, he really wants to play. But, you know, if, if you have the opportunity to, to put J.R. Smith, a guy who, you know, won a championship in 2016 with LeBron James and, 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 and Kyrie Irving in 2016 with the Cavaliers, and, you know, he could give you premium shooting, why, why wouldn't you do it? So the Lakers are still a, a work in progress from, you know, the bench uh, perspective. But when you look at the 
starting lineup. You have LeBron, you have David Caldwell, Paul, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, um, and you know whoever else you put at the five. Uh, I, I think that um, they're there. Uh, I, I think that the thing that the Lakers have over a lot of teams, just in my experience, I, I pretty much interviewed everybody on that team, and you know, and, and, and contact with that so guys on that team throughout the course of the season. And, the thing that everybody on that, that I that I speak to from positions one through fifteen tell me is just the chemistry. Um, they're encouraging each other. They're uplifting each other. They have, from what I understand, their group sex is crazy. They're they're sitting quotes, sitting encouraging words daily uh, to one another. And uh, I I really like the level of, of chemistry. And I think um, for as much as people just discuss the Clippers as the, as the winner, um, the, the Clippers are still a work in progress because you're literally implementing. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, um, who are already uh, pretty much they're, they're, they're being blessed into a team that was already set up um, and who were doing well last year. I've often said this in my writing at heavy.com. Um, you know, the Clippers last year were going toe to toe with the Golden State Warriors, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Golden State Warriors team. And, you know, Patrick Beverly was the, was the voice of that team. And, you know, Defensively, they were doing well in their best play and even start in the Williams. Well, comparatively, you look at the Lakers, they're very top heavy. Uh, Anthony Davis has, you know, told me that championship is his goal and defensive play of the year is his goal, uh, this season. And, you know, he, he comes in and plays with a LeBron James who leads the league in assists. Um, Anthony Davis is a top five guy in, 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 in defense or blocks, rather. Uh, they brought in Dwight Howard, which was a, a blessing in disguise, signed him to a non-guaranteed contract when he, when when Demarcus Cousins got hurt, and I expect he paid dividends for him this season. And I, I think when you look at the Lakers squad, um, I think their chemistry is great. I I, I still don't think they played their best basketball yet. Anthony Davis and I have this running joke. Um, he told me back in November um, that um, LeBron told him that their pick and roll situation is not quite yet peanut butter and jelly is peanut butter and banana. And uh, I ran into him recently and I said to him, um, so y'all still peanut butter and jelly or y'all peanut butter and banana? He said, yeah, we still there. We still peanut butter and banana. We're not peanut butter and jelly just yet. And uh, I like that attitude because they don't act as if they've arrived. Um, but that is the Clippers. I, I, I am partial just because of, you know, the relationship that I have there. And, you know, I want to see Los Angeles do well. Um, and I think that, you know, when, when you look at just the moves that they've made, they stag on there almost had Kawhi Leonard. And I think that if, if there was a three-headed monster of Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and LeBron, you know, people would be willing to give them the championship already. But, you know, on the floor, they still have a good product. I think it's so much they supported cast. You know, Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell Pope. You know, Contavious and I talked about, you know, their level of, or his level of, you know, at points during this season, at the early part of the season, he was struggling. And he told me how, you know, just that team was encouraging. And, you know, basically they, they kept they kept him grounded, you know. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys on that team, even on the coaching staff, that had something to prove. You look at Jason Kidd. He was supposed to be the head coach of that team. He's looking for his next his next look. And I think that when you look at just him as an assistant coach and the experience he brings to the table, Lionel Holland former Nets coach, uh, former NBA player himself. Um, you know, he, you know, you look at Phil Handy, the guy that he will one day become an NBA head coach. Uh, has been an assistant coach with the Cavaliers.
days when LeBron was there. Been an assistant coach with the Toronto Raptors when he was there, and you know has the ear of LeBron, has the ear of Kawhi, has the ear of of, Ky- of Kyrie. Just you know, he's he's he's, he's and it has a great workout program that he does as well. So. A lot of redemptive stories within that Lakers locker room. That if they go to the finals, you begin to see more and more of those stories come out. And you know, I, I think at this point, it, it's a good roster. But there are other teams in the, in the Western Conference, like the, the Nuggets, like the Clippers, like the even the Portland Trailblazers, who are on the outside looking in right now at the, at the ninth seed behind Memphis. That you know, I think they're going to continue to play good basketball uh, and, and put Memphis in the playoffs. So. Um, one quick follow-up, one quick follow-up, man. I just got to ask about Kuzma. Obviously, every Lakers fan on Twitter wants to cancel any single player every night they have a bad game. Caldwell Pope got it early. Rondo's been getting dogged on lately. But Kuzma seems to be just the whipping boy online for unsatisfied Lakers fans. Does he have what it takes, in your opinion, to be a consistent contributor on this squad or is this something where it might be better off to trade him? Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I talked to Kuzma about that. Um, and Kuzma said that, you know, trade rumors don't really bother him. It's part of the, it's part of the, it's part of just being an NBA player. It, uh, I, I think he's made for LA. I think that, um, but I also do think that we have not seen Kyle Kuzma in the playoffs yet. I'd like to say, that Kuzma in the playoffs will, will, will show and shut people up. Um, but I have to see it. I, I, I think that Kyle Kuzma being foot made, foot made, you know, he's built up. But um, that, that sounds good as Gary, he has to produce on the floor consistently. And I think that Marquis Morris coming into Los Angeles um, kind of gives Kuzma the um, advantage of switching and playing strictly the three. Like, to me, Kuzma is a straight three, um, not a four. Not like a mellow or a Paul Pierce towards and in his career, you know, stretch three, four. Um, I, I like Kuzma at the three. I'd like to see Kuzma produce. And I think at times you've seen Kuzma produce um, and Anthony Davis is absent or LeBron James is absent. Sometimes I think that the Lakers are just low yet because there's so much attention going to Anthony Davis and so much attention going to LeBron James that um, people want more from Kuzma. And, um, you know, there were trade talks um, at the trade deadline uh, with the Knicks and the Sacramento Kings that did not come to fruition. And, you know, the Lakers still have Kyle Kuzma, which is not a bad look. But um, I do think that the Lakers being so top-heavy with Davis with Howard and more. Sometimes Kuzma doesn't get the looks he, he wants. So, Fair enough. Scoop, you're fresh off of All-Star Weekend, right? And and you were there, you're live, you're direct, you're at the game, skills competition, dunk contest. In your personal eyes, what were your top two moments of All-Star Weekend? Because I've All-Star Weekend was here, what, in Canada, 20, 2016? 2016. 2016, yeah. And I didn't get a chance to go, and I, I still kick myself. And I'm like, you know what? It would have been something nice to go to, feel the, the, the electricity in the air, you know, seeing all the NBA players, seeing all the fan, uh, fan events, interacting with everybody else and stuff like that. But what was your personal top two uh, moments of All-Star Weekend? Top two moments. Um... The slam dunk contest was okay. I enjoyed it. Um, I um, 
Well, Aaron Gordon could have won, and I think someone uh, with the Aaron Gordon circle, and, you know, they were joking and said to me, man, Dwayne Wade's space party was that night. They said, I don't know if I can go to Dwayne Wade's space party now. They robbed Aaron. They were joking, of course. So, I mean, the slam dunk contest was cool. Derrick Jones Jr., uh, a lot of people beginning to, to really pay attention to the Miami Heat and the finish there and winning the slam dunk contest. was pretty cool. Um, and then I think the other moment was just the fact that in the game itself, they were playing defense. Like, um, I like that in the end, you know, Anthony Davis was hit the game winner. And, you know, I told somebody sitting next to me, yo, he's going to miss that first. You know, he's going to make the second one. And I think the All-Star game and Kurt made folks play defense. So I, I think those are the two moments. Derrick Jones Jr. and, you know, the NBA contest in and of itself. And, you know, the, the actual game where it was actually being defense played, targeted 157 points. Um, I didn't understand the format at first, but once, I, once it was played, I, I'm a visual person, it, it makes sense. So those were my two moments yeah. in Chicago. One follow-up question towards that also, too, is the dunk contest. We watched this at home. You were there at the event. Do you feel, in your personal eyes, that they need to maximize the opportunity and make it where it's eight guys showing off their best dunks? Or do they just keep the format with the four? Um. I think that they can do more names. You know, I stepped him back with Dave um, days before the Clint Dunk contest, and he told me had he been voted in as an all-star, he would have participated. And I do think that had he participated in playing in the hometown of Chicago, um, it, it would have been electric. It's because he's a good dunker. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like the fact that Dwight Howard participated. He's one in years past. But to be honest with you, I kind of thought that it was just the allure of Superman and that dude point and at this point in his career was just a little bit too cheesy for me personally and I, and I think that you know I think that the last time the Samsung contest was actually good with 2016 when Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine participated and then you know you gotta go about what 16 years earlier when, when Vince Carter and, and, and Barry Davis and, and Ricky Davis and Steve Francis and all those guys participated in 2000 I just think the all-star oh, excuse me the Samsung contest is a bit worn down and part of the reason is because we've seen all these dunks you know, a lot of stuff ain't nothing new under the sun. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, after a while, I think we've just been blessed and graced with just so much talent. It's like, you know, I grew up in the Black Athletes Church early on in my, in my life. Some of these pastors that were called in, in youth conferences, you see them or, or conferences at church, you see them, and then you see them kind of be on TV or national stage. You'd be like, oh, I saw him already. You know, you, you get blessed and you're, and you're privileged to see greatness. Sometimes you get used to greatness. And I think that's the, that's the instance there. Tucker? Well, I'll jump in, man. I got a question for you about these rookies this year and specifically about the rookie of the year debate, which is starting to heat up now. Obviously, Zion Williamson was out early on because of the injury, so we didn't get to see what Zion was capable of until recently. But he's come in and just taken the league by storm, as we all kind of assumed he would before he got hurt in the preseason. So now that he is just whipping up on everybody, and it looks like the Pelicans are now a playoff contender and a dark horse to steal the number eight spot from Memphis Grizzlies, who have the other great rookie in John Morant. From your perspective, Scoop, do you think this is a runaway for Jaw just because of how much extra basketball he's played this year? So it's kind of a body of work award. Or do you think Zion can steal this award away if he continues to play this dominant for the rest of the year? And follow-up question, who you got in that eighth seed? Is it Pels? Is it Grizzlies? Do Blazers come in and upend them both? Who you got at the eighth seed? 
Well, I'll answer the last question first. I, I'd like to see the Blazers win it just because I think the Blazers is something interesting throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, that, um, you know, you, you just, you got a lot of guys that have been hurt throughout the course of the season. You know, Willard, Cullum at some point, um, and then they bring in Carmelo Anthony, uh, who I've been a big proponent of just, um, them signing him because he's already playing in the NBA and he's, and he's proven why. Um, I, I hope to see that, but, you know, Memphis is kind of the NBA team in the NBA Western Conference. And, you know, I, I, I think to answer questions about working uh, the year, I think John Moran has played well. I think Kendrick Martin has played well at the beginning of the season. He's been a name um, that has been consistent, a guy that was, you know, undrafted and, you know, uh, played the basketball spoke to Kendrick last week. And, you know, Kendrick, who uh, just signed a, a super deal with Puma, uh, just likes being in the league and, and likes, you know, the challenge of, of going in as a competitive. Kobe White of the Chicago Bulls told me he's a fan of Kendrick Martin. Uh, early in the season, Kobe White playing good basketball, but you know, ultimately, I, I think it will come down to either John Morant or uh, Zion Williamson, and I think it's because the NBA has become a, a popularity contest anyway. Uh, I think when you look at um, the fact that Zion missed so many games, if he wins it, it'll be because that's an agenda that many people are trying to push. But I also think that if the New Orleans Pelicans do go to the playoffs, that gives him a better advantage if the Memphis Grizzlies do not go to the playoffs with John Moran play. So, yeah, I think I'd like to see John win it just because I think a lot of people just assume there would be a Zion Williamson or R.J. Garrett, um, you know, competition at Rookie of the Year. I've been hurt in the next heart necessarily playing the most uh, uh, impressive basketball right now just from a losing or winning perspective, win-loss power perspective. But I do think the deals and agenda that folks are trying to push and emulate to, you know, Zion winning it. But I, I think ultimately John Moran earned it. And, um, When we think, jump in there, Rory. Yeah, when we think right now of the NBA, I I need playoffs to happen right now, right? And I know it's kind of a far fetched situation as far as when we look at the East and we look at the West, but if there's one potential sleeper, Scoop, in both respected conferences, who do you think? has the most legitimate team to make a run at that NBA Finals. Let's not talk about the top of the food chain between the respective conferences, but who do you see? Is there one team that stands out that could get in there, upset a couple people, and make a run? If it had to be a dream in scenario West. in the West and in the in, East. In the, in the West, it would be Denver. You really have Denver there, eh? Yeah. Okay. All right. We haven't even talked about Rockets. What do you think about Rockets, man? You think they could be the dark horse? I mean, I, I like Houston. Um, I'm pulling for Russell. Uh, I, I spent some time with Russell this summer. The date from, uh, to the Houston Rockets. Um, I like James Harden. I, I just think that there are some things within their offense that, or just their system at large, that you know I don't trust. You know, I, I think people got early hype earlier in the season about even. The Dallas Mavericks and Luka, and I like Luka, but I don't think that that team is a championship contender just yet. Um, and I, I kind of play Houston and Dallas in that same game. You know, like, it's exciting to watch the regular season, but 
I don't, I don't, I personally do not think that, um, they don't, they just don't strike me as a, as a, as a, as a dark horse, but I, I do like Denver. I think that they're just very quiet and very, and very proficient. And I like their potential there, uh, particularly as a second seed throughout the course of the season, um, in the NBA's Western Conference and then in the, the NBA uh, Eastern Conference. Yeah, the NBA Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I, I like the I like the Pacers. I don't see them as a as a as a, as a personally as a championship team. I, I think it's still going to come down to Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Toronto. But I, I like their team and I like them as an underdog. All right, Tucker, I'm gonna give it to you man. here. Like, I know you have one more. One more question as we're as we're winding down the show because I know it's a busy gonna be a busy day for all three of us. You know what I mean? The Kobe Bryant Memorial is gonna be nationally televised and things like that. But um, Tucker, if you if you have one more one more question for for the man here, Scoop Scoop B. Well, I'll start by just doing my own campaign. Being a diehard Lakers fan, I gotta say that Sixth Man of the Year or Most Improved Player, whichever award you want to give him, Dwight Howard surely has got to be in this discussion. And I was so so down on Dwight, like most Lakers fans were for years and years for just how far he fell. But boy, he has sure made a, an amazing comeback and has won a lot of us back over with how humble and awesome he's played this year. In your opinion, Scoop, who do you think is the sixth man of the year, and who do you think is the most improved player of the year? Now that I've already campaigned for Dwight, you know it's funny. I was sitting with I was sitting with Charles Barkley last week in the uh, Panthers green room um, Thursday while they were doing All Star um, like the last like in between the Celtics Clippers game on. The Thursday Golden All Star Break, and we were actually discussing like who was on that list, and I was like googling like various people that you know could be it, um, and we really couldn't consensus on just like who is the most improved player and who was the sixth man because we paid so much attention to the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, and 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 what have you. To be honest with you, I don't know. <laughs> I was like. Because when, when we were talking about most of his players, we were talking about like Montrezl Harrell. He's like, no, nah, he can't be that. Who, who, who is it? And, and Charles and I both agreed that it could most of his players could be former Laker Brandon Ingram. That's a big. That's a big time statement right there. Because that that kind of was the well, he's name. He's dropping that, a lot of dropping a lot of heat over there on Pels. That's for sure. Yes, he is. And 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 I'll say this. I'll kind of follow up with this here. I think New Orleans is 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 that team along with Portland, that if they got in the eighth spot or the seventh spot, they can, it's going to be, I always say this, the younger, fresher legs have an advantage. Now, I understand the coaching may not be there with with, with New Orleans. I think Portland would be probably one of the most dangerous eight-seeded teams if they get in seven, eight-seeded team. But what I like and what I what I look at is that Pelicans team with Brandon Ingram and Zion looks like he's healthy now, and you have Lonzo Ball, and they got the supporting cast. They they could they could take a game or two in in the playoffs. You know what I mean? 
if all the chips they fall away. They don't have to play the Lakers, though, bro, because if they play the Lakers, it's going to be Anthony Davis on a mission to destroy his former team. If they could get somebody else in the draw, I think they'd have a better shot at making it out of that first round. Well, I didn't say first round, but I'll let, I'll let Scoopy B, Scoop B kind of kind of tell us what, what, what does he think here as we're, as we're winding it down. I mean, I, I've been a, I've been a, um, a guy that has really cheered on um, – the Pelicans all season. I, I spent some time with Jalil Local for um, recently, and you know, he, um, you know, coming out of Philadelphia and, and, and finding a fresh start with the Pelicans, and you know, he likes his place there. And um, you know, it's a he likes it because it's a young squad that's really doing, you know, having fun. You know, I think when you look at those guys on the Pelicans who came from the Lakers, and, and, and you know, there was a lot of pressure to win a championship. Look at Josh Hart, that was at the Anthony Davis trade. Look at. Brendan Ingram, you, you, you look at Lonzo Ball, all those guys, and, you know, they have a fresh card in New Orleans, baby. And I think that, um, you know, Brendan Ingram playing as an all-star this season, and, you know, that's got to give him more and more, the most confidence in the world. Now Zion Williamson coming back and, you know, playing good basketball. J.J. Redick was signed in the offseason, and, you know, is that veteran leader. They're playing the way I thought they would play. Uh, once everybody got healthy, I'll, I'll be honest, it's the opening night of the NBA uh, season, and, you know, watching the Pelicans go toe to toe with the Toronto Raptors, and uh, I believe that game went in overtime. Uh, yeah. that, that was the game before the Lakers Clippers came at Staples. And, um, you know, I, I like the Pelicans, and they impressed me in that game against the Toronto Raptors because even though they lost that game, you know, and, and it would only be right as the Raptors, you know, won, won the championship of the opening night. They, they they played and got their rings, but you know, the Warriors going against that Toronto Raptors team and watching. The, the, the um, Raptors won their rings or get their rings, and you know that had to be not only motivating and encouraging, but you know they have the chance to one day be a contender. They have youth, they have cap space, and you know David Griffin has definitely uh, reorganized that team uh, to be successful post Anthony Davis. And you know I, I think that the Pelicans are a team that was playing beneath their privilege throughout the course of the season, just because they've dealt with injuries. Lonzo's been hurt, uh, Zion's been hurt. Um, and, and, and just, you know, I think that the Pelicans do have a chance to, to, to make it to the playoffs as do the, as do the Portland Trailblazers, as you mentioned. I mean, the Portland Trailblazers played in the NBA Western Conference Finals last year against the Golden State Warriors, you know, and, and, and I think that the Pelicans are, um, or I, rather, I think that the, the Blazers, you know, are benefiting from, you know, Hassan Whiteside. Damian Luller told me at the beginning of the season, that he felt that Hassan Whiteside would be playing his best, playing his best basketball this this season after playing in Miami and you know being traded and um, playing in a contract year. You know he's going to earn his money. I mean, you look at the Portland Trailblazers legitimately. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is, is, is supposed to come back any day. Legitimately, you look at the you look at the, the Portland Trailblazers starting five. They started five at the one a healthy player would be in there with DJ McCollum at the shooting guard position. Uh, you got Carmelo Anthony at the three, uh, Yusuf Murphy at the four, and then at the center position, Hassan Whiteside. That, that's a pretty, um, uh, potent starting five right there, if you ask me. And, um, they're a scary AC because they're definitely not an AC. So, um, I, I definitely am, I'm just welcoming the last 25, 26, uh, games of the season, uh, as we approach the spring. Uh, and, you know, it's a great time to, to not just cover the league, but to also be a fan of the league and, you know, and to play in the league with a three-headed monster there. So I'm excited for what's to come.
Absolutely. As I'm going to close it out here, you know, I, I always like to make sure I tell everybody thank you. And, and doing this the first time with officially the co-host, Tucker Dale Booth, uh, myself, the host, Rory Mitchell, the Metro Port Unleashed podcast, and, and having the brilliant NBA insider, Scoopy B, Scoop B. I keep saying Scoopy B, but Scoop B Robinson, you know, um, you're doing a phenomenal job, especially in the in the creative culture of how you're doing and covering all the aspects of the game um seeing your 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 multiple interviews you've done with antonio brown zach levine uh, troy daniels things like that and your coverage and what it is you're doing as far as giving us as 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 young influencers in this in this business and podcasting the the time to you know share your sights and sounds of all the experiences that you've been through and things like that so hats off to you for that my friend Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, we got to do it again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tucker, anything you have to say before we close it up? Hey, Scoop, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time for us. Rory, thank you so much for calling me a young influencer. At 40 years old, I will take that. <laughs> and then also want to give uh, a lot of love out to the Bryant family today. I can tell you in L.A., the mood is somber, considering how beautiful and sunny it is outside right now. So I'll say... Much love to Kobe, Gianna, all the other folks that perished in that helicopter crash and their families. And uh, I'm going to go watch that now. And, uh, you know, prayers up to everybody that's dealing with anything that has anything to do with losing loved ones like that. And the great Kobe Bryant, greatest Laker of them all, man. Got to give the love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, Scoop. For the people that don't know, first time they're hearing you, this is the second time you've been on this platform, so well well respected there. Uh, where can everybody check you out? All that good stuff, my man. Uh, uh, first and foremost, follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, S-C-O-O-P, letter B. Uh, Instagram, Scoop underscore B. Uh, make sure you uh, also subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Contact Scoop B. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast. Uh, available on all platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting ScoopBeatRadio.com. We've had anybody from tennis great Pete Sampras to uh, Mark Cuban uh, to DJ Khaled to Jamal Crawford, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, um, Kenny Smith, that I mentioned anywhere from ESPN to Bleacher Report to New York Post to uh, it's complex with a myriad of different platforms, but 2.1 million streams in 2019. And, um, and then check out my work uh, at .com. Um Breaking stories, writing feature stories. I just, uh, you mentioned Troy Daniels. I spoke with Troy Daniels the other day, and we discussed um, the Lakers playing right home uh, when they found out that Kobe Bryant died. Uh, and it's funny because, not funny, it's ironic, uh, because um, I was with the Lakers the day, the day before Kobe died, and I remember standing next to LeBron James in the locker room, and he yelled, yo, we're not going home tonight. That was the Saturday game. We're going home tomorrow. And uh, it's interesting because had they flown home Saturday night, LeBron wouldn't have had that phone conversation with Kobe Bryant that night that they had when they got back to the hotel. And so Troy Daniels told me that you know, Dwight Howard uh, actually broke the news to the Lakers on the play yep. that Kobe Bryant had died. He had been getting text messages, apparently, and, you know, was watching the news. And, you know, LeBron James actually led the team in prayer 
on the ride home from the Lord of the Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Scoop, Tuck, it's been been a great show like always. And everybody, check out check out the check out the brilliant work that you see happening on all of our respective platforms and things like that. And you know, more importantly, Kobe Bryant is is, is watching down on on all of us. You know what I mean? And when you see how twenty twenty start sorry started, you know, it's it's time for us to kind of just really just hug our loved ones that little bit much more. And just, you know, keep having the full appreciation of what life brings to us each and every day. Thank you, guys. For sure. Right on, brother. Peace out. Later, man. Scoop B Radio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter. A health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 